We met on the gram, became instant BFFs, and we're two girls here to empower women to be self-reliant. Hey, I'm Amy, founder of Alexa Athletica. And I'm Emily, the creator of Stami Tactical. And we are Not, Not Your, Your Average, Average Gun, Gun Girls. Girls. We're calling on our friends, industry insiders, and speaking to people about major moments in their lives. We talk guns, personal safety, shared lifestyle tips, and everything in between. So grab your coffee or your vav because you, you can, can sit with, with us. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Another episode of Not Your Average Gun Girls, and we've got a fun one for you today. Yeah. Kind of going to do a little bit of everything. Got some Q&As planned, but unplanned. Taunting episode. me with a bag of gummy bears that <laughs> okay. you won't let me eat. All right. So let's and I'm just, starving. Let's just get right into it. Okay. If you all, you all have to know, must know by now, that we are a fan of our Haribo gummy bears. And can I just insert really fast that... Emily only eats the gummy bears, and she's the one that brought this to my attention, the made in Germany gummy bears. Yes. And I never read where my gummy bears were made, and then now that I did, I remember getting a bag, I don't even remember what country they made, and I was like, you're right, they taste different. Right, so on the back... They say if they're made in Germany, and I've also seen made in Turkey. Because that's like the original place, right? Germany. And I believe, and I can't remember where I found this, where I read this, or who told me this, but the ones made in Turkey, the reason that they taste different is they're using a different type of gelatin. Ew. But like, you can taste the difference. Oh, you can? Well, now I can, now that I, well, now I just don't even buy the ones that are made in Turkey. I just buy the ones made in Germany. Anyways, you've been sitting, they've been sitting here at the table, and I'm starving, and I keep trying to open them, she goes, don't dig into that. I'm like, what are we doing with these gummy bears? (laughs) So I was at Walmart Market where I usually get like all like, you know, they have all the weird, like interesting kind of snacks and, and sugar sweets. And I found this package. It's in German, obviously. And I really can't, I don't know what it says, but we don't know what we're about to eat. So I thought it would be fun to try these flavors together on the show because on the front of it, it looks like there's like a Cotton candy. Wait, wait, wait. So what are we supposed... Are we... Am I supposed to guess the flavor that I'm eating? Is that what... Because now I don't want to look at the picture. I don't... I don't know. Because I don't don't know what the flavors are. There's a... Well, maybe we just try to figure it out and see if we can't... I like to do this with my jelly... Now, what I'm really hoping doesn't happen... Have you ever played the jelly bean game? There's this gross jelly bean game that... You don't know which jelly bean flavor you're going to get, but apparently they put these nasty flavors like vomit no. and boogers and no. just every disgusting thing you could think, and they hide them and they look like it'd be a cotton candy one. So no one knows when they're going to get the disgusting flavor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so everyone goes around and tries to guess what the flavor is, and then you get stuck with that nasty one, and it's just. That's not what this is, right? Vomit flavored jelly beans. It's like a whole game. Like they have them in the package and they just put them in there. Yes. Yeah, I know. Hopefully there's no vomit flavor in these games. Well, I hope so too, but I can't read German, so I'm not really sure what that says on there. These expired a couple months ago. But we're still going to go for it because... It's gelatin. I'm pretty sure that gummy bears don't expire. I think they just put an expiration day for our own peace of mind. Yes. Right. All right. You you go first. I'm not worried about it. Like the colors are very um, faint. Okay. Oh yeah, they're like pastel. Pa- yeah, pastel. Would you go with a pink one? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do red. Oh. I feel like mine. I'm skewed because I saw the picture. 
And I can associate this taste with, I think that tastes like cotton candy. I don't know. The red one, I feel like tastes like medicine. Well, it's probably the bright the red one. Oh, is that what that, uh -huh. that picture was? I'm Let doing this light green. Okay. Or blue. I don't know what this is. Everyone's really enjoying us tasting gummy bears on this episode. Uh, I have no idea what this is. Tastes kind of fruity. Maybe a little like a pineapple, kind I'm of. Going, did you do the green one? No, I did the yellow one. I feel the green one tastes like soap. Okay, well, that yellow one was actually kind of bland, but maybe with a hint of fruit. I don't know what that was. You did the pink one first, the light pink one? I did the That's light pink so one. That's so far is the best one. Yeah, that one tastes like gummy bears or uh, cotton candy, I would say. No, I'm doing yellow. So I, I do love the different cultures and the different countries that have... If you've ever gone to Japan, you'll look at vending machines and you'll see some candies that we have here. Right. And they have them too, but like we do not have those flavors, those flavors. and they will have the, the wildest like the flavors. Yes, they'll have yeah. the wildest flavors. And I love that because we would just never know that those exist because right. they just weren't popular with, I guess they crowd tested it in America. That's a world so. market's good where you can get all that I stuff. I definitely think that I'm going to stick with my normal gummy bears. Yeah, the normal. I don't care for these. Maybe it's because they are expired. I don't know. But watch me just keep eating them because you cannot not eat. Well, I will because I'm really hungry. And I'm just gonna fill up on the blue. It tastes like soap. Yet I'm eating it. Are you one of those people that thinks cilantro tastes like soap? No. Oh. Do people has. think that? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people having an aversion to cilantro that say that it tastes like soap. Hmm. So I don't know if it's a chemical reaction with something. That one does not really have. So well, is that like a, like a Coke bottle? There's like a Coke bottle on the... And this green thing with like... Looks like a watermelon, but with cream running down the top of it. I don't know <laughs> what that is. Like, <laughs> I'm not really sure exactly what that is. So it yeah, looks like a the, watermelon fruit. On the back, fruit. it has like the six colors, but it's in German, so I don't know what it says. No, we're not really sure. Um, okay, if you want to test these out yourself... Go to World Market. That's where I found them, but... We're going to go back to our original We're going to go back to our original gummy bears. If you ever come and see us live, you will see a big bowl of gummy We're bears. We're always eating on the, them. Out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good call. Our, I love a, getting a little a gummy bear break. Sustenance. Mm -hmm. They're not your average gun girl's sustenance. Um, I think this is probably the only sugar that you actually eat. Yeah. Wrong. Well, <laughs> sugar so as in, no, sugar as in like candy. Yeah. But, like, I eat pastry and desserts. I love desserts, you know, but, like, as in candy, this is really the only candy I'll yeah. eat. Yeah. Or try not to. I'd rather have a pastry. Okay. So, now that you guys are so willing to really subscribe to us now because of our thrilling <laughs> gummy, gummy bear, bear review, <laughs> I want to talk about, okay, so we're going to play this um, reel from this mm -hmm. um, this lady I'll just quickly try to summarize it before you guys listen to it. But she was on, she was from, she's from Canada. She was on a bus in Canada. There was some, uh, some type of altercation happening between a passenger and the driver. Uh, maybe not altercation. I think the, the driver was being harassed by a passenger. And she says that she was filming it. And then she got off the bus. And the person who was assaulting the bus driver attacked her for filming it. But... Well, but she poses a great question at the end that um, we thought would be fun to, to kind of just like talk about. But we're going to watch this. 
Hey everyone, I just wanted to come on here and share what happened to me last night. I'm not an alarmist, but I wanted to hopefully create a bit of awareness. I um, went to the watch the Honda fireworks in English Bay and on the bus ride home, there was a group that were being verbally abusive to the bus driver. I decided to video the incident because I didn't know that all the uh, TransLink buses have cameras and I wanted to be able to give support to the bus driver. One of the girls in the group was upset that I was videoing. And when I got off the bus at Park Royal, I proceeded to walk to my car and was struck from behind and thrown into the street, landing on my face. Uh, and as you can see, I'm quite beaten as I've got a broken nose and a concussion, but um, I was lucky not to lose my teeth or break my jaw. And I know it's a cliche, but I never ever thought that something like this would happen to me especially in Park Royal. And last night was extremely traumatic. And the question I have going forward is, should we get involved in scenarios that don't involve us to protect others? Like I've always believed and raised my daughter to be of help. And after getting assaulted, I'm rethinking all of this. Is it simply too risky? And are we better off sitting passively? I'd love to hear your thoughts. All right. So there, there's a lot of things to break down with that, good, good that question, video, but, the, but the, I think it's that end question that really stood out to us um, to spark some conversation. But just to preface, like with all of these snippets of videos, whether it's a snippet of an incident that happened or someone um, sharing their version of what happened you never know all sides. You don't know the full story. You don't know, you the context. know, exactly. Sure. Um, so you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt and just be more open-minded about sure. what you're, what, what you're getting into. Cause so maybe we can't comment directly on her situation, right. but the question that she poses, I think is very important. And it's actually something that, they spent a lot of time in my concealed carry course talking about this. Mm -hmm. um, it's something I believe uh, we did a episode with Andrew Bracca yep. um, about. I don't know how the long, yeah, like the law of self defense, yep. and it addresses this. Mm -hmm. And you know, when you start to consider stepping in and helping other people, do you have the full context of what is going on? Right. And I think that is always important before you ever decide to step in. Now, I don't think just sitting there videoing somebody is helpful. No, to I, me. I don't think it is. I, mean, I think that's part of so our culture. So I don't know why she thinks she was being so helpful. Like, what was your videoing gonna do? really going to do and support? Like, you got beat guess, up for videoing, but you really weren't interjecting yourself. But again, we don't. I don't know the whole context, but right. I'm just. I think that a lot. I see a lot of these. Videos take, for instance, the Allen, Allen, excuse me, the Allen, Allen Mall shooting that happened not too long ago, and you see all these different angles of mm -hmm. people who were just videoing. Right. To me, they weren't interjecting. They actually weren't doing anything other than just filming mm -hmm. it, and I don't see that as helpful, right, or not helpful necessarily. You know, I I've think some people too are not equipped to help. Sure, but at the same time. Are you putting think, yourself in harm's way right. by filming? Well, it's like I feel like you are also making yourself 
not a target, but you're standing out now as just a bystander, just mm-hmm. standing there filming and not doing anything. Yeah. But I think our culture today is also everything is on our phones. And so we see something good, bad, whatever happened, and our immediate inclination is to, I have to record this. And while nothing that, while we know that like videos at whatever accidents or things like that become very helpful um, in times of any kind of criminal activity when they need to prosecute or need evidence or witness exactly what happened. But I just, I just don't think it's like, it, it wouldn't be in my nature to immediately go assist because I think being like having this like mindset of lifestyle, I have questions in my head is, well, do they have a gun? I don't like knowing how fast these things can escalate and go horribly wrong right. leads me to say, I'm going to step back and I'm just going to mind my own business, which I think a lot of people have their mind, they mind their own business. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I think there's a part of me that would like to say, again, we're talking about so many different ends of the spectrum here on a bus driver getting verbally harassed versus seeing an active shooter. Right. That's two totally different situations Mm -hmm. that I may or may not get involved with. I don't know until I'm there in the situation. I would like to think that if I, you know, I see a potential mass shooter that I would, if I am carrying, would want to step in and do something. Or if I'm in my car behind the guy and I have time to get out my phone and video him shooting everybody that maybe you would press the accelerator. I mean, like, I don't know. I would like to think in those situations I would, but then I guess it also comes down to, but are my kids with me? Can I get out of this situation? Can I, there are so many variables that I don't think there's one answer that. No, of course not. I I think too, it's also what you're saying, it's based on the situation. Like what is, what, what is the situation yeah. that is happening? Because, because sometimes it's, it's not something you want to get involved in. And I'm curious, like, I feel like maybe before I, before not social media, but before we were also attached to our phones and feeling the need to document every aspect of our lives, I would hear, um, from my other friends who are parents and things like that, talking about incidents with basically parents and kids in the grocery stores or whatever, where people mm-hmm. were getting involved because they didn't think the mom should be treating or the whomever, the guardian shouldn't be treating the kid a certain way. And I don't know if that, I feel like that's sort of the same thing. Do you get where involved? Does, where does consent come in to being recorded? I think you, I don't think there is consent. You lose all right, because look at everything is there's cameras everywhere now. Like you, they're using, you know, facial work is, on. Yeah. All the all these places. Well, going but into a, the airport okay, to that point, there was just a guy in Texas that sued the Dallas PD because the officer live streamed on his own personal TikTok the stop, and the guy won because he was like, "I didn't give you consent to film That's me good, and post question. it on my social media." So, and then there's this other side to me that I'm actually kind of shocked that this lady is shocked that something happened to her post filming people who didn't want to be filmed. So it's like, are you ready to accept any repercussions that come from your involvement Mm -hmm. and whatever level of involvement? And I think if that answer is yes, then you make that decision for yourself that you're ready to jump in and, and help 
however you see fit, but you have to know that there can be consequences regardless and you need to be prepared Mm -hmm. for that. Yeah. And you know, I, I'm a little shocked that this lady is so shocked that these already, they've already proven that they're aggressive. They've already proven that they're willing to go beyond the point of social norms to harass and verbally harass somebody and you're shocked that they tracked you down and beat you up in the parking lot. I mean, I hate that that happened to that lady, but I would say if you were going to continue to do that, that you would need to be aware and maybe make some concessions for, let them get off the bus and then you take the next stop and come back. I I mean, maybe there's something you could do. I I don't know. Again, like I, if, if, if there is a situation happening that I know is not like that's hers is a perfect example, you know, a, someone being assaulted or verbally assaulted and I'm in close proximity, I immediately am. I need, I do not want to be near that. Yeah. Like I want to I'm not going to film it, but I'm like, I, I'm, I'm going to back away, but I'm also going to be watching to see what is happening because is it going to escalate to a point where it's going to spread past its little circle Mm -hmm. or potentially do I need to be involved? I don't if, know. Yeah, I don't know. I I'm don't know. Curious. What do you guys like, think? I got curious. Have you guys ever filmed an incident? And or if you've witnessed an incident, did you? What did you do? Did you step in? Did you call police, or did you just mind your business and walk away and get out of what, whatever area you are in? Leave hmm. us a comment. Send us a DM. We want to know because I think this is this is I think it's, it's an important it's, topic. Mm-hmm. It's important considering social media because we see it like we see it all the time like we see the ones that are i think that's what the new like mainstream media now heavily relies on these like instagram whatever social media videos of like hey did you see this guy like on the airplane filming the people on the airplane like losing their mind in one sense it's helpful because it's on the ground breaking news this guerrilla journalism style which helped i remember i follow an account Dallas, Texas TV, that that's where I get my breaking Mm -hmm. news. Mm -hmm. I follow these guys because it's people on the ground sending them their videos and they are the ones where I found out about the Allen shooting. Mm -hmm. And I talk about that because that's in my backyard and it was like so close to home. And I remember they had videos coming in from people on the ground immediately. So I was actually following them for the most up-to-date information. Now, however, they were not a news source, so they weren't giving me any, there was no other context or facts around it. It's like you watch this video and that's all you get, but they are breaking news. And I think that that's happening around the country. So, you know, and I feel like too, like as, as good, good citizens, we have to understand that. Like when we're seeing something on social media or hearing something that it is only that five to 10, 15 second, we don't know what's happening leading up to it. We mm-hmm. don't know any of those things. And I think that we lose that a lot. And we just immediately jump on the fact that in those five seconds, we saw someone, someone do ABC and we're like, Oh, that's it. They're wrong or, or whatever. Yep. So yeah, it's interesting. I came across that. And I was like, this is interesting. I yeah. That was talk a about yeah, this. good video. Good, okay. good topic to discuss there because I don't really know. That gives me a lot to think about. Okay, so a couple uh, weeks ago, we asked you guys on our Instagram to send us some questions. So now I'm trying to get to these questions. Um, And we got a a good amount of questions. Thank you so much. We love it when you guys engage with our content. It really means a lot. And then especially when we do these question boxes um, that you let us know what those questions are. So we're going to go through. um, We're going to pick like our top. We're going to pick. 
We'll eventually answer them all, but in this episode, we're going to go through the through Perfect. these five. Okay. Um, okay. I guess it doesn't really matter what order we go in, does it? Yeah, okay. Just pick one. We'll just we'll just start. Um, first gun you started carrying, and gun and gun you carry now. <laughs> first gun I started carrying was a Glock forty three, and the gun I carry now, I've been actually testing out my Mossberg MC two. And I've really been enjoying that gun. Um, that is what it's I... It's the one we shot at... Um, typically, currently... Gunsight. Uh-huh, at Gunsight. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't used to carrying with um, a red dot mm-hmm. in the sights that were on there. So I wanted to give that a try and see if it changed anything. And it really didn't. It actually is still pretty comfortable and love how that gun shoots. It wasn't any heavier than my other mm-hmm. options. So that's what I'm currently carrying. Nice. Um, I2, Glock 43. Yep. Well, because... I was We're talking about the first one to the party, though, was for single stack, subcompact, you know, nine millimeters yes. was the Glock 43. Yes. They were the first of the party. And then everyone kind of followed in step after that. So I think most OGs well, actually, back in the day were... Actually, technically, when I first started, I believe I I may have been, I may have started with the HKVP9 S, that like the like subcompact. No, no, my, no, the oh, subcompact. Like that blows my mind, though, because yeah. wasn't it heavy? Huh? No, it's wider. The grip was wider yeah. on that. And then I got the Glock 43. But okay. I would say I would officially, I really officially started carrying with yeah. the Glock 43. And the only reason I changed from my 43 was just capacity. Now they've got yeah. other models that feel just as great. Well, I, I couldn't go any, I couldn't do anything in DC. Glock 43 was my only option. What was the capacity? That was a seven. This is six plus one or seven. Wait, but like the limit oh, uh, in DC. Oh, ten, it was round. ten round. And then the uh, P365 wasn't out then. Yeah. So now I carry uh, the SIG uh, P365, but as soon as I can get a holster for the uh, Beretta ADX Cheetah, oh yeah, I'm going to see how that is because it is a little bit of a bigger. That's bigger such a frame. pretty gun, though. Is that is that a? <laughs> It is, I know. Is that really a, a carry? Like, was it like intended should... to be a carry yeah. firearm? I, it's so pretty. Like, I don't you know, ever... Well, they do They do have a, a black one that's just all black. I know. I just don't want to, like, dirty up my... Maybe I should just put it on display next gu- to my should. shoes. <laughs> it's going to be our new... We can just put it up here put on the back on wall. wall. Yes. It, it will match quite Good. nicely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I need to get a holster for that, but I want awesome. to give that one a try and see how it is. Um, okay. Next question. Are you going to get Lena Michalik on the pod? Well, whoever asked that question, you are in luck because we actually have had Lena Michalik <laughs> on the pod several years ago episode, at Shot Show. Yeah, at, yeah, at Shot Show at the Sig booth. Yes. What episode was that? Forty-three. Episode forty-three. All right, you're in luck. We will tag it below. Go back and listen to it. Lena was a great guest. She has some wonderful insights. Loved hearing her story. So you can go and she's catch done, up. With she's Lena. grown and done so much more since then, which is awesome. So we probably need to have her we back on. We do need to have her back on. Get to catch talk up. About. But yeah, mm-hmm. we have had her on the show. Um, okay. How do I get my daughter to think about her personal safety? Well, you are also in luck because just last week we did an episode. Two weeks ago. It was two weeks ago. Two yeah. Weeks ago. Episode 14. Go back and listen because we get asked this all yeah. the time, especially from, from the time. men. They come up and they say, I want my daughter to start being more situationally aware or thinking about her personal safety. How do I do that? We put an episode together where we actually broke that down for you and gave some really simple 
step-by-step guides that they can yeah. start putting in place right now, some things that they can start implementing right away it's in their free, life. It's all free. Yep. It doesn't, it doesn't involve anything but just taking action in your own life. Yes. So go back and listen to episode 14, which we will also link below. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and I want you to highlight it, copy, paste it in a text message, send, send it, it to, to your, your daughter, daughter. Yes. And tell your daughter to send it to her friends. Make it as easy as you can and just go ahead and copy and paste the link in a text message or in a DM. If you both are on Instagram, whatever it is, just make it as easy for them as possible. And let them know, Hey, yeah. check out these girls. There's some tips that you could hopefully learn a few things from and, and have some good takeaways. Awesome. Okay. Next question. How can I legally fly with my gun? Obviously not carrying on my person, but in checked baggage. Well, this is a good question. I do have a full article on stomitactical.com that talks about flying with firearms. Did you tell them which states never to fly through or have a layover? No, I leave that up to (laughs) them and the uh, reciprocity map that concealedcarry.com provides. That is good. Like when you are carrying with a gun, I mean, I remember the first time I traveled with my gun and I was so freaking oh, I was nervous because again, this is DC, yep. mm-hmm. like going through DCA. And so I researched everything and really the, what you really need to do is you need to look at whatever airline you're flying because while the, each airline kind of has a general set of like rules they follow, each airline also has their own nuances into what they will and won't won't allow. But yeah. generally, it's always unlocked and unloaded in a in a locked case. Mm-hmm. Your ammo has to be separate from your um, firearm, and ammo has to be in at the factory box. Like you can't like be bringing ammo on your Ziploc bag. I would also go as far as to say to know those rules back and mm-hmm. like forwards and backwards because the people that are checking you in they don't know have no clue what they're talking about. Half of them are they just have absolutely no idea what they're talking well, about too, and I they'll think- fight you on it and mm-hmm. then you have to be willing and able to say nope, this is the rule. Here's this da, 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 da. and it goes beyond to just firearms. I remember I had um, I was running late. This is why this even came up. I was running late for a flight. And you know how you have that cutoff window to even be able to check your bag? Mm -hmm. So I was bumping up against that limitation and I had mace. I didn't even have my firearm at this point, but I had just thrown my mace in the bag. And normally I wouldn't have even brought it up because it's in my bag. But what I didn't want to happen is to miss that cutoff. Right. And it wasn't a carry-on size, so I would have like missed my flight. Mm -hmm. So I was like, hey, I have mace in my bag. Um, Is that okay? And stupid me, I asked them, they're like, no, like absolutely (laughs) not. You can't do that. And I'm like, but I'm pretty sure you can, but I don't have time to fight you on this right right now. Like they didn't even know what the rule was for mace. And so you just, you need to know. And that made me then go research the mace laws and all this kind of stuff. And I would have been fine and arguing it with them and I could have gotten it on, but I didn't have time in that point. But it made me think I really need to know exactly what my rights are Mm -hmm. and how to carry this stuff properly and safely and within the limitations. But I will say, you say, go check the reciprocity laws. The only state I definitely know that you do not, if you have a layover or you stop at JFK or LaGuardia somewhere in New, anywhere in New York, and you have a firearm, even if the state you are flying to at your final destination allows you to carry with a firearm, 
you will be in trouble. <laughs> yeah. You do not want to take that risk. So if you ever have to stop or have a layover in New York or you ever fly, you cannot fly to New York no. with a firearm. Um, and so... Normal citizens. Right. So then, because I had the same situation happen where I was, a, I missed the cutoff and I had my firearm and you cannot try, you cannot, you, your back can't go ahead of you with your firearm and you not be on the right. flight. Oh, so what happened? I had to reschedule my entire flight. I sat on the airport for an extra six hours. It was really miserable, uh, but that was my own fault. Yeah. Um, There's, so, give yourself extra time. Right. Yeah. So that that's another thing. So you have all the, you know, read the TSA's website, the airline's website. What mm-hmm. I like to do is have that up on my phone ready yes. like in my browser. So if I have to bring it up to them, I have it ready. Because you do have to declare it. So what yeah. you have to do is, and I think this also kind of like throws off agents or ticket agents now because everything is all like kiosk based. So when you, because mm-hmm. you can't, you have to go to a ticket agent and you have to tell them you're declaring a firearm. Yep. And I think that- You can when, usually cut the line though and go to the special- yeah. Either the first class line or like the special um, most of them request are like, line. Most of them are like, wait, uh, why, why are you standing in this line? Because yeah. like, why aren't you using the, the kiosk? Yeah, and you you usually don't have to wait in the whole like general yeah. boarding line because they, they'll they call over like their TSA right. agents and all that kind of stuff. So, so, so yeah. in my experience, it's like you go in, you declare the firearm and they will ask to, it, again, like this is, depends on the airline, it depends on the ticket agent. They have asked me to open up my suitcase and then to see that it is locked in, in its own case and then you fill out, again, like I had the last of my phone was like a couple years ago with with my gun. Um, you ask, you have to like declare it and they, you have to sign this little thing and you put it in your, you put it in your luggage, mm-hmm. close it up. And what I will say is, yes, I would get there even earlier than you normally have to get there because typically it's, not always the agent that checks you in that's going to do your firearm Mm -hmm. validation, if you will. Sometimes they have to call somebody else who is more familiar and who knows how long that could take. Um, And then when you get to your destination, what's supposed to happen is your bag gets pulled um, as they're unloading it from the airplane and gets sent to the airline's off like baggage office where it's under watch. That doesn't always happen because I've had mine going on around the carousel many times. And it's like, I go to the office, I don't see it. And I just am waiting and waiting. And all of a sudden I see my bag going around the carousel. So always allow yourself time. Make sure it's locked in uh, in a case it's unloaded, have your ammo separate and ammo in its factory I was factory terrified bar. when I flew with one to California. Oh my gosh. Mostly because, like, I knew I was doing everything legal, but you just, I was you like, well, what if I know. get there and, you know, they don't know and right. something weird. And, I mean, it was like a whole, it was like a whole thing it's when really I got the- there. They pulled me aside. I had a personal person bringing my bag, like, to yeah. me. And then I remember they thanked me for my service. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, thank you for your service. And I'm just like, I'm not even going to go there with right. the, like, okay, clearly not a lot of people fly into California with their firearm. No, not, no, not at all. But yeah, just leave it. It's not that like, once you get through it the first time, it'll, it, it'll be fine. But really it's just allowing yourself time and just being prepared. Yeah. I mean, if you followed the rules that they put um, on their website and TSA has said, like, that's all you can do. Yep. And then just give yourself time and, and you'll be... It'll be good to go. It'll it'll, it'll be simple. All right. um, We're going to do one more question. Great. List your favorite training and self-development books. This is my my favorite part of this question. A girl can only read Gift to Fear so many times. (laughs) 
Um, I read Gift of Fear probably once a year. I love that book. I think it's just one of those, it kind of gets you back into like yeah. the mindset of personal safety and wanting to just kind of, you know, be more aware of it. Um, Is she so seeing self-development like in, in relation to self-defense and situational awareness? I, mean, I don't know. I, don't know. I think books in I, that I've got a couple vein. that cover both. Okay. So I would say like in that regard, I loved, um, the law of self-defense. Yep. That one was extremely helpful. And we even had that author. I f- Andrew Barca. Yep. Yes. I wasn't prepared to give this episode, but we did have him on and we did a whole episode with him talking about the law of self-defense. I'd say that one, but I don't read a whole lot of those books. I mean, I'm right now I've got like four books going on at once, more like on business development mm-hmm. and those kind of things. So yeah. I mean, if that's interesting to anyone, I, so the ones that are currently on my list, um, in the personal safety kind of that realm. Um, I love all of Tim Larkin's book books. So violence is the answer. That's a great one. Survive the unthinkable is another one by Tim Larkin. All like they all sharing stories and tips, like tips on personal safety and situational awareness right. and, and things like that. And then I love, I'm almost done with, um, essentialism. It's the, the disciplined pursuit of less. So it kind of just that. helps you. It's, yeah. Which actually, I think you might like that book because it talks about, Mm -hmm. it's not so much less as in terms of clutter that comes into play, but it's also about helping you to make more clear, focused decisions, things like that. that. Um, So I really like that book. Those are kind of like the ones that are on my nightstand right now. Awesome. But I I have read Violence is the Answer already. And I do. That's like Gift of Fear. I I will read that again just because I highlight and then I kind of go back to like what I highlight and what I made note. Yeah. But that's sort of where... Those are good. Um, I mean, not down that same path, but I'm reading Execution. It's just a really great business book if you're looking on like ways to actually take your ideas, especially if like you're a leader in whatever business or association or organization you're a part of. It helps you focus and execute on the vision and what you want. Because you can be a visionary and if you can't execute your vision, then you... So it's not about executions? It is not about executions. (laughs) No, it is about executing your vision and your plans. Um, Also reading... She finished Miracle Morning, yeah. which is good. I enjoyed that. Um, and what else am I reading right now? Oh, First 100 Days. Oh, if you're getting a new position or a new job and you're looking for how do I actually maximize my first 100 days in that role, helps you map out your plan. Lots of good books. So I like I just like business books. Yeah. And yeah, occasionally yeah. I need a, like a good nonfiction to like take my brain off everything, but I don't have time to read those. Yeah, anymore. I don't either. Mm-hmm. Like I have friends who like are doing like the book swap and those, and I'm just like I would rather. Yeah, read, I, to, I need more like like personal development yeah, style like books. Like if I'm going to take the time my, to do it, it needs to be yeah. adding value to my life, and but hopefully that can add value to other people's lives. With like these stack of books that I have now, I've been trying to get into like 15 minutes before bed now. And I've been pretty consistent at 15, mm-hmm. 15 minutes. I, I think some people do like 10 pages, but I'm like, well, let me just do 15 minutes or like a chapter, depending on how big the chapter yeah. is to try to, because sometimes I don't like to stop in the middle yeah. unless like the chapter was very long, but yeah, yeah. that's, um, those were good. Those were good questions. We've, We've got some, do... we got more questions, but they are, um, 
I want to say pretty focused that I think we're going to start putting them into like some episodes to give you like a Great. deeper content. Cause then otherwise this is going to be hours long and, and yeah. we want to make sure that you guys get the information that, yes. that you need, but keep sending us the questions. We love hearing from you as always. Yep. And just a little reminder, if you made it to the end of the show and you have not liked and commented on our YouTube page in this episode, it helps us out a ton. Please go ahead and even subscribe if you're not subscribed and follow along. If you want to listen to the audio, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, and all your favorite platforms. Wherever you uh, listen to your yep. podcasts. And yep. until next time. We'll see you next time. Not Your Average Gun Girl Show and its related companies, Alexa Athletica LLC and Stami Tactical LLC, shares information that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. A reminder that laws vary for each state, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws. Any items, services, products, and advice mentioned during the Not Your Average Gun Girl Show should be used at your own discretion in accordance with your local and state laws, and you should follow applicable manufacturer's instructions. Not Your Average Gun Girls, Alexa Athletica LLC, and Stami Tactical LLC cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared.